It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Last Stand, the unfiltered straight talk from some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. I am Brian Custer, and our guest today comes from the sport of boxing, and he is quite simply one of the best. He was a gold medalist at the Olympics, won world titles in five different weight divisions. He was the lineal champ in three different weight divisions. He was once the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. Quite simply, one of the greats. He's Sugar Ray Leonard. Ray, welcome to The Last Stand. Hey, man. How you doing, Brian? Always. Good to, good to have you on. And listen, first of all, what has life been like for Ray Leonard during a pandemic, during a shutdown? What has life been like for you? It has been uh, something I've never could even fathom I would deal with. It's quarantine, it's, it's lockdown. It's like so much we've taken for granted, you know, like being outside, our freedom and being safe, just going to the movies or just having dinner somewhere. All those things somewhat are not there anymore. Yeah, and I, I even read that some of the things you had to you do, you had to do over Zoom, like we're doing here. Like even you said AA meetings, you would do over Zoom, correct? Heck yeah. In fact, I was apprehensive. I was very, I was like, I can't do that because I don't really know these people. But I tell you what, it's been a blessing in disguise, man, because I've done my AA meetings through Zoom and people all over the world. That's the thing about it. Whereas that I'm used to having just my friends or people that I know. This is people all over the world who have mm. a nice problem. You know, it, it, when you look at what's going on today, uh, there's obviously a lot of social injustice and things of that nature going on. But, you know, a lot of athletes have been proactive. We've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it uh, in the NFL. And even some of the boxers, they have different messages on their trunks. What about Ray Leonard? If you were fighting today, would you see Ray Leonard using your platform uh, to push forward, let, let's say, the Black Lives Matter movement? I'll be there. I would, yeah, I, no question about that, Brian. I, I would be there uh, and use whatever I have as a platform to get the word out globally. No question about that. I mean, what I've seen and what I've witnessed has been horrible. And especially, the, the, it's like people hate you and they want to kill you. It's, it's, it's like a movie. It's like a this horror movie. You know, in your day, Ray, um, and especially when it comes to the sport of boxing, guys fought each other. I mean, that's why they call you guys the four kings. And I'm talking about you and Hearns, uh, Hagler, uh, Duran. You know, you can even throw in Benitez, Arguello. All of you guys fought today. Today, fighters, let's say, are more strategic uh, when it comes to picking their opponents. Obviously, there's promotional agreements now. What do you think about the fighters today compared to the fighters in your day? They're making more money. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they are. No, it's, but it's all relative. Um, there's so much talent out there. There's so much talent in that ring 
and they they take it from a different perspective now because they do what's best for them. Um, I have no problems with that. I have no problems because eventually you got to fight the champ. In other words, when you fight someone who is just as good as you are or who's been around, who's been a champion, the fans love that. In fact, I, I go back like with Hagler, with, with, uh, with Tommy Hearns, who I just spoke to a couple of days ago, and he's talking about fighting me again. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He said, Ray, he said, Ray, I beat you once. You beat me once. There needs to be a tiebreaker. I said, Tommy, have you looked at your driver's license and see how <laughs> Well, look, it, 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 it hasn't stopped Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. That's, yeah. And that fight there has everything. I mean, it, it's a suspense. It's like anticipation of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, but getting back to Tommy Hearns, you know, Tommy's, I love Tommy. Tommy's my friend. But uh, boxing, boxing, there's so much talent out there. I just tell you, there's so much talent. But, but, you know, guys always, they, they, and even they come to me about this, they say, I wish the fighters today were like the fighters then when all the guys fought each other. Now it's like, well, I don't know if I can fight you because you're under this promotional company and I'm on this side of the street. Uh, maybe we can, but I don't know. And, and, you know, fans hate that. And I guess if you were, let's say, if you were um, fighting in this day, would you still be that kind of fighter who says, forget about the promotional company. I want to fight the best. Give me, give me this opponent and, and put the promotional stuff aside. That's who I was, I mean, as a fighter. I mean, I want to fight the very best out there. And, uh, and I was able to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that mindset. And uh, again, I keep saying, there's so much talent out there. I mean, you, you talk about Floyd Mayweather Jr. I mean, gifted. I mean, just it, it goes down the line uh, of how many fighters are out there. But um, the fans can demand that. They can demand that. You know, in your prime, let's be honest. I mean, boxing was probably the top sport out there. It wasn't, it wasn't the NFL. Uh, it wasn't the NBA. It, it was really boxing. Uh, that was out there, and you were at one point the most popular guy on the planet besides Muhammad Ali. What was that like for you? What was that like for Sugar Ray Leonard? You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, right? Because it was, first of all, it was incredible because I was just coming from the Olympics back in 1976. Um, and then all of a sudden now, you know, I'm fighting and I'm, I'm known, the fame comes and, 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 the, and the money comes into play. All these things coming from someone who who grew up poor, grew up grew up extremely humble. Uh, but boxing helped me out as far as keep kept me away from sport, I mean from drugs and alcohol, excesses amount. Um, and then fighting the best man. Then all of a sudden now you have boxing fans from all over the world, the globe, who say, "Hey, I love you, man, and thank you know tough fight with Tommy Harris, but you know you know you did it, man, and, you know." The fight with Hagler was so incredible, although I gave Hagler the nod. Uh, all those things, that's what makes me tick. And, like, if I was fighting without a, a with fan support or audience, that would be extremely difficult because I fed off that. I fed off that. I fed off the people or the fans. You with me? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, listen, you were so popular. I, listen, I think all of us, all of our moms loved Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, everybody loved Sugar Ray Leonard. We, we as kids wanted to be Sugar Ray Leonard. You had all of the endorsements. You had all of that. What do you think life would have been like for you? Looking back on how it was then, what would it have been like for you if you had social media back in those days? I'd be in a different tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, let me think about that. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> your tax bracket was already big because you were making 10 million. I mean, you were making big loop back then. No, it would have been totally different. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I'm happy. Do, uh, I'm sad. No, I'm happy as hell. I'm, I'm a blessed man. I've been I've been a fighter for what almost fifty years, man, and to have come out of the ring somewhat unscathed is really a blessing, and you know without question. Mm. Uh, I, I, and 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 does it? What does it make you feel like when people say you are one of the greatest of all time? What is that? What is that like? It's 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 humbling. It's 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 uh, it's nice thing to hear. Uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because, like, as I travel now, well, not now, but when I did was traveling, I, I'd be on the plane, and people say, Sugar Ray, yeah, 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 I, yeah, man, yeah, dance with the stars, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, saw, they saw me on Dance with the Stars. Uh, <laughs> you, listen, this generation's different. Yeah, they're different. They're different. <laughs> Um, let's talk about your career and specifically, I want to know from Sugar Ray Leonard, what fights do you think defined your career and what fights made you great? That's, uh, that's easy to calculate because I look at the fact that when I, when I fought Wilfred Benitez, who was champion at 17, the most gifted fighter I've ever, one of the most, one of the most gifted fighters I've ever faced. I never missed so many punches in my life, in my career. In fact, I went to, after the fight um, that I won. I went to the hospital for dehydration because mm. I, I I beat him with with more heart than anything. Um, the Duran fight, my first my first professional loss. I never experienced anyone that hit me that hard. I'm serious. I never, at that time, uh, they call Duran Model State Piedras, hands of stone. It, Brian, he punches so hard. I swear. And I say, I talk about this all the time. I, he hit me so many times, so many places. And I looked around and said, who else is in this damn ring? <laughs> he, he threw that many punches. He was perpetual motion. Tommy Hearns, a monster. No question about that. I mean, Tommy, 6'2", arms longer than a football field. I mean, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy was the man. And uh, he, he brought so much out of me. He, he made me reach down to that, that, that hidden reservoir of strength that we all have, but we all can't activate. Uh, Jesus Christ, man, Hagler, I mean, all those fights. Dying the line, even dying the line. Hmm. And he wasn't a household name globally. But he was a big guy, big punch, and uh, 
I remember that fight like it was yesterday, man. Because he almost had, he had me he had me out a couple of times when I came back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, out of all of those fights, what was the one fight that you were most proud of? Where even Sugar Ray, when he laid down to bed at night, said, "You know what? I'm great because this this was quite an accomplishment." You know, th there can't be one, Brian. It can't be one because it was like when I got knocked down by Donnie Lalonde, when I got knocked down by Tommy Hearns in our second fight, uh, when I fought Hagler after five-year hi hiatus. You know, I was I didn't, I wasn't active for five years, and the world, and I mean this, the world thought that I would get knocked out, and rightfully so. Because at that time, when I was retired back in what '82, I I was self-destructive, drinking, cocaine, hanging out, and a lot of my friends, um, sports guys, and all that. All my friends, they they kind of kept an eye on me to to a degree. I mean, man, I, I'm blessed. I keep saying that, and I, and because I, I mean that, I'm so blessed talking to you, and. Uh, God, man, it was my, my career. And that's why I'm looking forward to doing my life story. Because it's more than just boxing. It's life. Fight, being a, being, living your life as a, being a fighter. If you get knocked down, you go the distance. You got all the things that are required to be a world champion are applicable in everyday life. Like, to, like now with the pandemic. You gotta, we we got to be fighters. And when when are we when will we see Sugar Ray Leonard's life on the big screen? It's in it's preliminary now. Um, I'm I'm working hard on that, and uh, I, I can't I can't wait, man. I really can't wait to put it all together. But I, I want to do it not in a movie theater, but more on a, a series like Netflix. You know, something like mm. that. very nice. All right, so let's let's go through some of those fights as you talked about, that define who Sugar Ray Leonard is. So as you pointed out, just five months uh, after suffering your first defeat, you get that immediate rematch with uh, Roberto Duran. And we all know about that fight in New Orleans uh, back in 1980, um, the eighth round where apparently he said no mas, and uh, that was it. Tell us something about that fight that we don't know. That... I knew that I could win. I knew that what happened in the first fight, Roberto Durant taught me the power of the mind, of composure. He said things that would make me angry, and, and which was, you know, he, he, he put his finger up, gave me the finger, the hand gestures and all these things. And I've, I mean, on the streets people do that, but not in the ring. I mean... He did those things he, that upset me, made me so angry, Brian, made me so mad that I said, you know what? I'm going to be mad his own game. I'm going to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with this guy. For some reason, that locked in my head to fight Duran toe-to-toe because I figured that, I said, he, I looked at him as being a bully. And uh, I said, I got, I got to beat him. Was I, was I nervous? Absolutely. Was I scared? I, I would say yes. Did I believe I could win? Yes. Mm. I used what I had, my hand speed, 
my foot speed. Um, I just, and I, I just, I, I, I had people laugh at him because I, I did my thing back in the day. <laughs> I stuck my chin out and I was embarrassing him. So that's, that's exactly what took place. So then we go uh, a year later, Ray, and then you get Thomas Hearns. And I, I'll admit, even as a child, I vividly remember watching this, this fight, man. And, and it was like, for me, that was where I really, besides obviously Ali, where I fell in love with the sport because I remember that 12th round, I remember D Angelo Dundee telling you uh, in the corner, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it. And, and, and then you get the knockdown in the 13th round. And then in the 14th, you get the stoppage. I remember how big your eye looked in, in, on the left side. Uh, again, give me something about that fight that we don't know. You know, when I, I became friends with Muhammad Ali, who was my idol, my inspiration. And we've had incredible talks together. And he said one day to me, he said, you know, Ray, when I fought Joe Frazier the third time, it was a, the closest thing to death. I was like, to death? I didn't know what he was talking about. And when I fought Tommy Hearns, I, it, it was the closest thing to death, like, like he said. And, I sat, and I, when I came back to sit on my seat in the corner, when Angelo Dundee said, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it. it was, that was the perfect sound bite. He said the right thing at the right time without, uh, no, without getting crazy. Because if, if a trainer gets crazy, the fighter gets crazy. If the, if the trainer shows his, his concern, then we show our concern. But Angelo just carefully said, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it. But, with some, but, but he said it with such authority. And I knew I had, and we know we, you know, as a fighter, a fighter knows when he's losing. We know that. Uh, so we have to turn it up or turn it on. That's something that we, that's needed. And uh, I remember that so well, man. So mm. well. And, and, and at that point, did, did you believe in your mind you were losing that fight? Oh, I knew it was behind. I, I knew or I thought it was too close for comfort. I just gave it all I had. I just, and that's all I can do. I gave it all that I had. I left it all, I left it all on, the, on the table. Mm. Mm. In the ring. And, and, and do you believe, Ray, that fight was the beginning of where you started to have the detached retina because of the swelling that you had on that left eye? I, I can't just pinpoint that particular fight. But there was an accumulation of, of blows, and not, so, not always from boxing. It was like, you know, you poke in the eye, playing basketball, whatever. Those were just repeated things. And, and what my Thomas just said, he said, Ray, you know, uh, eventually it goes, you know, it, it detaches. You know, mm. That's what happened. Mm. And, uh, whew, I mean, but that was a wake-up call for me. To understand that you know it's like everything, everything comes to an end. But thank God, I was okay. I had a yeah. great doctor. Um, so then we go to let's say six years later, five years or so later, April six, eighty seven, the super fight with Marvin Hagler. Um, controversial <laughs> split decision. <laughs> controversial, yeah. Every now you know, Ray, everybody who watches that fight now says Marvin Hagler won that fight. Okay. Give me before I get your opinion, give us something about that fight we don't know. 
I trained my body for over a year, a year and a half for, to, to prepare mentally, spiritually, physically for that fight. And, but then again, those things, are they, are they factors? Yes, they are. Are they guaranteed? Absolutely not. Because once you do, once you get into that ring, into those four squares, into facing that guy across the ring from you who's going to tear your head off, it doesn't always come. It doesn't always happen. It always ha and, and fighters know, we know when we have our stuff. So when that bell rang with Hagler, the first bell rang, I went out there and was I scared? Absolutely. I, I won't deny that. But I, I threw a punch and it landed. I said, it still works. <laughs> it still works. Because it seems so simple and comical. It is the truth. And it's real. It's real. That's reality. Mm. Uh, and, and was that always the game plan? Like for, It seemed like for the last 30 seconds of the round, to, hey, let me get a flurry and leave that impression with the judges. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to fight Hagler toe-to-toe -to -toe because I saw him when he fought. He fought uh, John DeBeast Mugabe. And I was sitting ringside, and I watched that fight. And I said, oh, my God. So I called my, 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 my partner back in Maryland after the fight. I said, Mike, Mike, I can beat Hagler. He said, Ray, you been drinking? I said, yeah, expect a difference. <laughs> he, said, he, said, son, he said, son, talk when we get, let's talk when we get home. Because I, I saw something in him, uh, like we can see each other. You know, it's, I just felt that at that time, precise time, I could beat Hagler using my game plan. Mm. Mm. The mind. I never mm. told, like at press conferences with Hagler, you know, with Tommy and all, and, and, and Durant and other other fighters, they always say, oh man, so-and-so, you punky this. And, and that gives them more just aggression. And I will say, hey, you know what, Hagler, you know, he, he's a great boxer, but you got, he's not, he's a better boxer you guys give him credit for. You know, he's a better boxer. He's not just a slugger. You guys think he, you know, he can only do this. He can do that too. And then the last, after the press conferences were over, probably about 30 press conferences, the tour, Hagler, the last thing he said, he said, I may surprise all of you. I may outbox Ray. I said, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, true story. <laughs> true story. I got him. Wow. Check this out, man. When the bell, when the bell rung, he came out, instead of doing self, he came out left-handed. And which gave me, which gave me a little chance a minute or so to kind of get acclimated because being out of the ring for five it, it, a, it takes its toll and now this is because it became natural mm. interesting interesting so you you mentioned uh you talked about uh the drugs you talked about the alcohol when specifically though ray did you you think the addiction for you started when at what point in your life did this did this happen and why? I know, I know exactly when. Uh, I think my last fight was like '82, um, when I was diagnosed with a partial detached retina. I mean, I, I hell, I didn't know. I didn't even know what the detached retina was. He said, "Ray, he said, son, um, you have detached retina." I said, "Oh, okay." I didn't know what he's talking about. 
he said, we want to have surgery next week. Um, I said, can I wait? And he said, no. He said, because if you wait less than any more than five days or so, you're going to go blind in the eye. Mm. So it was my wife back then who said, no, you go tomorrow. And I, that's what happened. Wow. It was, it, was, it was scary because I didn't know how, I didn't know the, the seriousness of a detached retina. I didn't know what he was talking about. Wow. Yeah. And, and how, how, serious, um, how serious do you think your, your problem was? At what point did you say, oh, man, no. this is getting bad? No. I'm, and I'm talking about the alcohol and the drugs. Oh, the alcohol. Oh, I, mean, the, I mean, I got home um, well, a few days later, um, and I, I just cried like a baby, man. Because, I, I, I mean, I was in my 20s, man, and, I, and my career was over. Because, I mean, people say, yeah, yeah, well, man, you got the chick, you got this, you got the money, you got this. It wasn't, at, at that point in my life, it wasn't about that. It, it was about me, my career. It was about my legacy. So I, I, I remember um, being with some, some, some friends who had cocaine and said, Ray, you know, take a hit. You'll forget everything. And I, the first time I did that, I was hooked. I was hooked. Wow. Okay. The drinking, I drank. I didn't drink to to socialize or I drank to, to, to numb myself. I was, a, I was a lost soul. As much as I, as much as I had accumulated or accomplished, I had the lowest self-esteem because I wasn't finished my, I wasn't finished my job, put it that way. Mm. And I've always, I've always wondered this about you, Ray, as smooth as you are and were then and are today, how how does a guy like that get in the ring and become this? I mean, there is probably no better finisher, no better hand speed, and just animal in the ring. And yet, out of the ring has this pretty smile and thoughts. I'm Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm this. but in the ring is like that is not the same guy I know. How how, how did you do that? I I don't know. It's just it's it's a it's a mystery. Uh, it was when I met my lovely wife, Bernadette. She said, I can't believe you were a fighter. And because I'm, I'm so opposite outside the ring. But in that ring, it, it was, I, I conquered. I, I, I fought hard. I was, if I, if, I, if I hit you and I hurt you, I'm on top of you. Just, just if I'm exhausted, I don't care how tired I am, I will come up with those punches. It's like the intestinal fortitude that 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 dig deep. I I had that. Mm, you did. Um, you know, uh, I thought uh, it was about nine years ago in 2011. Uh, you wrote your autobiography, uh, "The Big Fight: uh, My Life in and Out of the Ring." You talked about obviously uh, the cocaine, the alcohol. I, I think the shocker to everybody, and as I was reading the book uh, in detail, was that the sexual abuse that you suffered from an Olympic coach. Um, and I, I know it was like, whoa, uh, when, that, when the book came out, uh, was there any fear that even putting that in the book or was it cathartic for you to finally get that off your chest? It was cathartic without question. It saved my life. I could, because especially when I, when I drank alcohol, 
uh, a lot of alcohol, I would break down, I would cry, I would just sob and weave and didn't tell anyone, kept it to myself, and that was killing me. It was killing me mentally and spiritually and uh, I, I don't know. Um, I found the strength to talk about it. In fact, I still, I still talk about it sometimes. I do motivational speaking. And I remember I was talking, then, then all of a sudden I said, and by the way, you know, sexually abused. I, I said that. I just felt compelled to say that. What it, what it, did it deal with the, this issue or topic? No, but it was just, I, I had to say it. And the place got quiet, Brian. The place got quiet. And I, I didn't know whether or not to run, out, run off the, the stage or scream or whatever. And then someone did that. Everybody did that. Mm. Because there's so many people out there uh, who's dealing with what I've dealt with. And I felt it was my duty to talk about it, just to let people know it does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously at, at that time you were, you were a teen, a young teen. Did you ever later in life confront the guy or, or, or anything? Passed away. Mm. Many, 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 many years prior to the book. Mm. Mm. So, so even, even for your recovery, you never even got the opportunity to, to face this guy again to say, hey, look, you did this to me. You know, either whether I forgive you or whatever, not, you never got that opportunity to face that guy. I never want to give him the satisfaction of saying, you know, I'm okay. I don't, I don't know. So that's a weird thing. And people don't understand unless you have dealt with it. If that's been, if that came, happened to you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing and it takes trust. It takes humility. It takes strength. It takes a lot of things to get it off your chest. Yeah. You get yeah. a, and it's it's a, it's a it becomes toxic. Mm. And, and, and how do you think that it, it changed you as a person? It made me actually. It made me stronger. It made me feel better about myself. I mean, again, like I, as much as I accomplished with with that with that that shade in my head or that that memory in my head, I was I was I was was going downhill. I was really going downhill mentally and spiritually. I was going downhill. Uh, I, I remember talking to my friend Johnny Gill. I used to tell Johnny, because Johnny and I would go to go out somewhere, whether it's a dinner, club, whatever, and we'd be having a few drinks. And then I, I'll start, because I told, I told Johnny a lot of things, and I, I told him, I started crying, and then he started crying. And then I was like, you know, I just shut up and we just went off to another subject matter. It's, it's, but I have, I, I've had, I have incredible friends and uh, incredible family that has also, whether they know it or not, they've helped me in so many other ways. Yeah. That's so good many, stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so let's talk about uh, the fight game now. Who, who are, who should, 
who is, when Sugar Ray Leonard watches boxing, who's his favorite fighters? Who does he say, man, I love watching this guy fight? I mean, I, I, there are so many of the guys. I mean, going from Mayweather to uh, with, Crawford, with Crawford, Garcia, I mean, Joshua, Deontay Wilder. I mean, I, I mean, I need a, I need a book to, to <laughs> I, I watch, I watch the fights. I, I love, I love when a fighter gets knocked down and gets back up. I love when a fighter is against, is the mate was a major underdog then overcome the obstacles. I like when a guy uh, just, not just talk, talk, talk like he's the best, he proves he's the best by fighting the best. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, we're going to talk specifically about the welterweight division um, because we had a, a number of the guys on the show. Errol Spence, Errol number Spence. one, uh, talked about Sugar Ray Leonard. And he says, he, he, as he talked about, I love Sugar Ray Leonard because he was a dog. And I feel like I'm a dog, too, in the ring. The welterweight division, you were the king of the welterweight division. Uh, give me your thoughts on that welterweight division and guys like Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, you mentioned, Bud Crawford. What are your thoughts? The, you know the thing about they, it's such – they had the whole package. Each one of those guys have the whole package. You know, they can talk trash because they can back it up. They – at any given moment, they can put you out. They have a mixture of punchers. Uh, and I always say this, they believe in, them, in themselves because if they don't, no one else will. I, I just, I can't wait until they fight each other. That's what's going to happen. That's what, you know, God, if you talk trash, which is good, and the only person that can really talk trash respectfully, well, not respectfully, was Ali Muhammad. He was the best, right? But it's okay if you can talk trash as long as you back it up. As long as you can back up, talk all the trash you want, because that adds to the the flavor of boxing, the sweet science. Uh, a, a kid who's who's from your neck of the woods. Uh, he's got a, a big fight with Leo Santa Cruz coming up. Is Gervonta Tank Davis, and we had him on the show. And and one of the questions to him was if he could fight one of the greats, who would he fight? And he said, I want to fight Sugar Ray Leonard because he said that was. <laughs> Who said that? That's what Javante Tank Davis said. He said, I would have loved to have been in the ring with Sugar Ray Leonard, he said, because he was a bad mofo. And he said, I don't, I don't want to – I don't care who would win. I just wanted to – just for the opportunity to be in the ring with somebody like that. He's got the, a big fight coming up. What do you think about Tank Davis? I like him, man. He, I, I've always liked him. I, 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 he's one of the, the, my favorite guys I watch, observe. And I – well, you know what I see in him? It's like development. I see every fight gets better and better and better. It's it's like uh, it's like what it's like what should happen with the fighter as he grows, he gets better, throws his punches. His punches are more sharper and everything. He knows when to throw a punch, when not to throw a punch. How to duck? I mean everything. He he, he he's gonna he has. He has great stock. That's what Let me get your you, – you've mentioned him a couple of times, so let me get your opinion on this guy. So Floyd Mayweather says he is TBE. 
the best ever is what he says is what it stands for. Um, and he rolled off reasons, uh, reasons why he's the best ever. He said why he's better than Ali, whether he's better than you. He, he, he rolled, he said, none of these guys have beaten the number of champions I've beaten. I'm undefeated. I'm da, 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 da. And then they asked him to give his Mount Rushmore of great fighters. He said, Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> Pernell Whitaker, Roberto Duran, Larry Holmes, and Aaron Pryor. There was no mention of Sugar Ray Leonard. So my question is, your thoughts on Floyd Mayweather? Is he, in his opinion, he says he's the best ever. Is he the best ever? Uh, okay, I got to call Floyd. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't include me at all. He, did, he said Floyd would be number his number one, then Pernell Whitaker. He says, then Roberto Duran. He said, you look at the, he said, the way he punched, uh, the way he went up in divisions, Larry Holmes and Aaron Pryor. Those were his top five of he, all time. Okay, okay. Well, I don't hear that again. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, people, people ask me, I mean, it's, there's not a day that goes by. People say, hey, man, you think you could beat uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather? Now, well, I'm going to say yes. Uh, and it's like, uh, hypothetically, if you guys were fighting this and that, um, I don't know if there's any other way that we can fight each other. I'll, I'll, I'll fight him. <laughs> I'm only 60, I'm only 64, Brian. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked about it a little bit at the top, but what do you what do you think about Roy Jones and Mike Tyson fight? You know, people are off the bat they say Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, and because I mean both of these guys are my friends. Uh. It's hard to be biased. Um, but it, it's all, it's all going to, to depend on who gets into that ring as Mike Tyson or Roy Jones. I guarantee you, and you'll see it in the very first round, the minute that bell rings, we will find out who it is. I mean, can Roy take Tyson's punch? Uh, that's that's only only Roy can answer that question. Uh, can does hand speed make a difference? Absolutely, absolutely. You you beat hand speed and foot speed. Uh, you see, I'm, I'm dancing around this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you give you give it positive from both guys. I see what you're doing, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be on. I'll watch it on TV. I think it's what is the fight? Is it is it November? In, in November. In November. Yeah. Yeah. In, in November. Um, let's talk about your foundation and you, you. You're on this mission uh, to fight diabetes. Tell me why in your foundation. You know we've had foundation for eleven years, and uh, my wife and I. Uh, it's just about giving back. It's about reciprocating. Uh, we've been raising awareness, raising funds, um, partnering up with Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. It's all about giving back, Brian. It really, really is. You know, I, I made such an impact in the ring, a huge impact in the ring, 
but I want to make it even a larger impact outside the ring by helping others, particularly kids, our children. And uh, we, together, it takes a team, we will eventually knock out diabetes. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things I love that you do, Ray, is on social media, especially in this pandemic. Hey, listen, a lot of us couldn't go to the gym. So we had to work out in our garage and do whatever we could do to stay in shape. And now that the, some of the gyms are open, you can go. But I love the social media posts that you would put on there in the workout. I liked them. I used them this summer. Tell me, when did you start doing that? And, and do you enjoy doing that? I absolutely love That's home for me. Uh, I'm a, you may, you may realize I'm a little vain. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel good and look good. And, um, the workout, especially on the bags and everything and showing, giving them tips about how to throw a jab or right hand or a, a shoe shine. I absolutely love it because it's all about living your life to the fullest. It's all about health. It's all about being focused, being confident, all these things is a part of boxing. I love it. Let me see your jab. Let me see your jab. Step into that thing. Yeah, turn the hand, man. I why, step why are you turning your head? There that got turn them knuckles, man. I'm, you try, you trying to look pretty, man. <laughs> hey, you know, just in case something coming back. Some coming back at me, you know what I mean? There you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> okay, Sugar Ray, for people who watch uh, the show, we allow them to submit questions. I mean, they came flooding in for Sugar Ray Leonard, so let's get to a few of them. We'll start from Twitter. Uh, this one from Robert, he asks, what do you think the Hagler versus Leonard outcome would have been if the fight was 15 rounds? If the fight was 15 rounds? A decision? It, four, you know, four, huh? You know, four. That, huh? The, the thing about it, this that was my part of my negotiations because they say you want to go 12 rounds or no, no. They say 15 rounds. We said, well, we can go 12 rounds too. So he was compensated to accept 15 rounds because they didn't think I can go 10 rounds or five rounds. They, they, the whole thing in a nutshell was that no one thought I had a chance to go two, three rounds with Hagler. And so why not accept? From a business perspective, he, he, he did the right thing. Mm. Uh, this one from Facebook, it says, why didn't you fight Wilfred Benitez again? I don't know. That's a good question, but I, I don't know. I, I just want to fight. So it, it, I didn't say, I want to fight that guy. No, no, I want to fight this guy. I want to you lay them up, just put them up there, and let me know. And say, Ray, you fighting Joe Smo? You fighting Diane Lalonde? You fighting Roberto Duran? That's all I care about. I trained, got in shape, and my manager told me I'm fighting this guy. This one from Twitter from Chris. He says, "Why didn't the rematch happen with Hagler?" Hagler didn't want a rematch. He 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 Hagler. And again, I consider Hagler a friend, although we don't call each other on our birthday. Uh, no, no. Hagler was one, if not the best middleweight champions ever. Um, but he, I think it was hard for him to accept the fact that, however you look at it, I got the decision. It's like with it, it's, it's like Joe Frazier 
it's like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, you know, they kind of rub each other. Well, Joe didn't like being, didn't feel comfortable around Ali. It's, it's just personalities, man. That's all it is. It's just personalities. This one from Facebook, it says, if you were fighting in 2020, would you circumvent politics and fight everyone? Well, I do what? Circumvent the politics of boxing and fight everyone. That's what I thought I did. I, yeah. you know, I, it wasn't, in fact, I was an independent contractor. Hmm. You know, I did my own thing. And, yeah. Uh, this one comes from, let's see, Twitter. Says, oh, who is the best you fought? Boxer and just straight up fighter. The best. Well, Tommy Hearns had every every tool. Tommy had a jab that felt like a right hand, a power punch. Tommy had a hook that could knock your block out. Tommy Hearns had a body shot that could just make you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Tommy Hearns, with his height and his reach, he, he was a freak of nature. Tommy. This one from Twitter. Would you have done anything differently or any regrets? That, that, I'm asked that question not all the time, but seldom. Um, no, you know what? That, I wouldn't change anything. You know, naturally, I want to say I want, I'm going, I want to take back the fight with Hector Camacho, take back the fight with the second Tommy Hearns fight. Yeah, I could say that and, and feel worse but you know i am who i am because of what i've experienced you know what i mean Brian? I, I, those things make make me who i am today those mistakes regrets whatever makes me who i am so no this one from twitter it says how did duran's power compare to the likes of hearns and Hagler?" duran was just duran trying to punch through you uh, as little, as short as he was, as small as he was, because he wasn't a big guy. He just gained a little couple pounds. Uh, Tommy, I mean, Tommy Hearns, Tommy Hearns, uh, you could appreciate his power because you would, he would knock most guys out. Hagler, Hagler would just break you down. I mean, Tom, I mean, he, he, Hagler would just break you down. Hagler, he was ambidextrous. He was, could fight both ways, both hands. I mean, he was an amazing, it's an amazing guy. I, I, I really don't think he got credit, the credit he deserved, Hagler, but uh, I've experienced what he was made of. And this last one from Twitter, who was the tougher fight, Hagler or Hearns? Internal revenue. <laughs> 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 well, you got paid. Hey, look, you got paid on both those fights. I, I got you, my brother. I got you. <laughs> okay, Sugar Ray Leonard. It is time for the final segment of this show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind, Ray. You ready? Yeah. In your opinion, who is the greatest fighter of all time? Muhammad Ali. Just about every 
boxing historian says Matt Marvin Hagler won that fight in your quiet time when no one's around. What does Sugar Ray Leonard say won that fight against him and Marvin Hagler? Who won? I did. Who is on the Sugar Ray Leonard, Mount Rushmore of fighters? Mayweather. And who else? You have four of them. Mayweather, oh. who else? Oh, you can't do that to me. Uh, Greatest fighters of all time. Of all time. Yes. Greatest fighters of all time. Uh, You're Mount Rushmore fighters. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, Joe Lewis. One more. And uh, Floyd Mayweather. All right. How about that? Look at you. I like it. I like it. I'm doing marketing. I think we asked this one, but who was the toughest opponent you ever faced in the ring? Uh, Tommy, Tom Harris. Okay. And then right, last but not least, Sugar Ray, in your opinion, who is the closest thing to Sugar Ray Leonard fighting right now? Who is the closest thing? The fighter? What fighter is? Right now. What fighter right now is the closest thing to Sugar Ray Leonard? As far as style, as far as yeah, whatever you say, when you look at it, you look at that fight, you say, Man, that, that guy's like a mini Sugar Ray Leonard. No, Earl Spence is, is really a, a, an eye opener. Mm. That's great. And, 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 and before we, we wrap this up, how old were you when you looked at Ray Robinson and you said, You know what? I think I'm going to take Sugar Ray as my name. When, when did that come about? That came with actually, what a good question. Um, it came actually 1972. So when I, I lost in the quarterfinals of the Olympic trials, and I was in the back crying. I, I cried a lot. <laughs> I was in the back crying, and the coach came back there. So I think Tom Johnson said, Hey, Sugar Man, you're going to be okay for 1976 Olympics. And he was right. Wow. Kept the name Sugar Ray. Wow. That's great. <laughs> Ray, this has been great, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and it's it's always good to see you and, 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 and talk boxing with you. Uh, Brian, I feel the same way. It's mutual, man. But throw, throw a jab again. <laughs> How about that? How about that? What are you doing with your mouth? I, I was trying to look pretty, man. But this Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, be, you know, he just. <laughs> that's the great Sugar Ray Leonard. Folks, that's what we do on the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in sports and entertainment, just like Ray Leonard. Ray, thank you very much. Love you, man. Thanks, Ray. And we'll see you next week, everyone.